All right, Derek, uh, why don't you give everyone a little preview of what they can expect on our show today? Yeah, I think uh, I think the goal of this show, and we, we really want to hype up, is that we're going to be showing and talking about gameplay this entire oh. episode. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's that's, talk that's really about... That's really what we want to see. You know, our listeners, they really just are interested in gameplay. They don't want to see any more teasers. So I'm thrilled to hear that you're talking all gameplay in this episode. Yeah, yeah? we're only going to talk about gameplay. So let's talk about the movies and shows I've been watching recently. <laughs> Perfect. So you're telling me they don't want high fidelity, like CG scenes of us just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Dan, we no, want we okay. want the real deal gameplay. But the good oh, news okay. is Derek promised it to us and he sure. will deliver here on episode 10 of Current Gen Podcast. Let's do it. Here we go. Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. I I made a mistake. I spent all of our budget on the CG cutscenes for us, and uh, we have no budget. It's all gone. So <laughs> don't worry about it. That's it. What did you just do? I don't know, but it sounds like Derek is unloading I groceries. Just, I don't know what that noise was. I just spilt my water. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, Final Fantasy, could you stop cu- cutting in and out? Cutting in and out? <laughs> I'm going to cut in and out your face. Okay. So, since we don't have like a video and we're only audio only, so you can't watch our gameplay, um, <laughs> Daniel Freitas has a background of the worst Final Fantasy game. And it's also made him completely blue, and he keeps cutting in and out. He like disappears into his background. Hang on a second. I minimized. I minimized that real quick. Did he put up Final Fantasy thirteen in the background? Is that what that is? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I, no, I said the worst Final Fantasy. That's, which I heard that part clearly. Obviously, be Final Fantasy seven. Why don't we not talk about the gameplay in that trash game? Oh. Hey, if you want to hear more about Final Fantasy VII and how amazing it is, go and check out our spoiler <laughs> cast from last week uh, when Kyle and Jeff joined um, us, which, by the way, they're awesome. I'm glad they took time to join us to talk through that game. That was a lot of fun, and we didn't even scratch the surface and all the stuff we could have talked about, but we did not. In, in re-listening to it as I edited it and got ready to post, I did find a lot of the stuff, uh, especially as Dan was digging in on some of the potential uh storylines and other timelines and all that stuff that was all very cool and interesting and it'll be exciting to see where they go from there but that being said this week we're moving on from final fantasy 7 not a lot to talk about there unless derek i was gonna say i finished it you don't want my opinion unless derek decides to give us a quick (laughs) a quick rundown of what he thought about it but i i do feel like we've all shared what we think about it and unless your opinion has changed dramatically it's probably not worth digging into again too much as a listener but if it's changed a lot, look at it. That. I love it. Let me ask for your opinion, but before you give it to you, I'm just going to preface it by telling you I really don't want your opinion because it's yeah. the second thing. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been I've been very political recently. Okay, that was a very <laughs> political moment there for me. Um, but we're also going to listen. We're also going to talk about the Xbox 2020 presentation today. We're yeah. going to talk about. Uh, our thoughts on the last of us part two trailer if we watched it and by the way i won't judge you if you didn't because there's some potential story 
previews or slash spoilers in there if you don't want to know anything about the game. Uh, and then really just whatever other stuff we're playing. So there's not a ton to cover. This is one of the more relaxed, less planned out episodes. Um, I actually don't sp- plan on spending a lot of time about the Xbox presentation because uh, I overall wasn't super impressed with it. But we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start things off with stuff we've been playing. And by the way, if it's not about stuff you've been playing, maybe there is a TV show or movie or something else you're doing during quarantine you want to talk about that's not video game related, feel free to throw that out there. So, Derek, we missed you last week. I know it might sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. I missed having you on the show. So why don't you fill us in on stuff you've been doing for the last couple of weeks? All right. So I do want to just start off by talking about Final Fantasy VII because uh, even though I wouldn't say my overall opinion changed of the game, because I think the last time I talked about it, I was in the home stretch. Like I was hitting the chapters where everybody, not just you guys, everybody were saying, hey, once you get to these chapters, they're long or whatever, but they're very linear. Like as far as it's just story from story to story, and it's the best part of the game. Um, agree, but also disagree. I didn't enjoy them that much, but I will say this. Here's where my opinion of the game kind of moves up um, is the very ending. And you guys kind of touched on it last week with the spoiler cast. And again, I'm not going to get into spoilers just because the spoiler cast is for the spoilers. And obviously we don't want to spoil it here, but the part I liked about the way final fantasy seven ended is I, and I've said this before on our previous show, and I've probably said it even on this podcast. I love mystery. I like, I like for you to leave a question mark, especially if I know there's going to be a sequel. Right. Like since, since I like to bring dragon age up every time, one of the reasons why I like, hang on, let's get our theme song going. Oh, I love trash. (laughs) One of the reasons why I like dragon age inquisitions so much is they leave you with a mystery. Like they answer pretty much everything that needs to be answered but they still leave you on a cliffhanger where it's like, okay, where, where is this going to go? Same thing with this. This is obviously the, a little different situation because as you guys talked about in the spoiler cast, Final Fantasy VII is its own game. It's already been created. It already has its script. It already has its plot. It already has its characters already written out, already redone, or already made. Now this is a remake, yet they're flipping the scripts. So they're least leaving you to believe they could be um and that's what i made that made our conversation last week kind of interesting to me was like ooh, yeah they changed some of this stuff yeah so that was cool and so one of the things and i actually posted in the comment section on the the facebook group for that spoiler cast is like i like going and listening to the conspiracy theorists so i went and listened to max million or whatever his name is yeah. Yeah, Maximilian dude, which he gets right, a little it's a annoying. Max reacts, right? Isn't that his thing? Yeah. 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 Okay. He gets a, he gets a little annoying because he he overly f bombs. Like I'm all for cussing, but he just cusses just to cuss. But anyways, uh, I like answer him. I like to listen to these people who have like played these games a ton of time, so they basically have everything memorized, all the stuff I don't have memorized, and they can sit there and question everything. So, anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because. That intrigues me going into the sequel. Um, I'm not going to be as hyped for the, not the sequel, but, you know, part two. I'm not going to be as hyped as I was for this one just because I feel like this one overall still was a letdown. I think it's a fun game. I think it's got great gameplay. 
I think the graphics are good. We've talked about all that. My issue is I just didn't like, I, I didn't just, I just didn't have that much fun playing it. I found it more annoying than fun. Um, are you glad you I, finished it? Are you glad that you saw it at the end? Yeah, of course. It just, it felt like it was more of a chore than anything, but it also could be going into what I'm going to talk about next. The last two weeks since I beat the game, because I beat the game, like, I think the day after you guys recorded it, uh, the spoiler cast, uh, the last two weeks, I've basically been um, watching TV shows. Like, mm-hmm. I I played a little bit of Final Fantasy VII until I beat it. But other than that, I hadn't been gaming that much. I did start Final Fantasy thirteen today. By the way, that game is absolutely terrible on PC. It was ported to PC terribly. Was it? it what, yeah. What makes it terrible? Just like the graphics? Or Not what is optimized. It it's, it's broken. It's broken. Like oh. all, I did, I did some like like you can boot it up or whatever. Well, actually, you can't boot it up unless you research why you can't boot it up. So at first, when I first bought it, like I bought it like a couple of years ago because I got it cheap. I booted it up. I remember not having any problems, and then I went to play it now and i couldn't boot it up it just kept acting like it was booting up but it was blocking so then i was like oh maybe it's because i was playing on my new laptop i was like well maybe it's like my antivirus stuff because sometimes i will block games but then i went and googled it and all these people have had issues and then even if you can boot it up it has graphical issues like basically they were saying the best way to play it is in 720p i was like what I didn't buy a PC version to play it in 720p. Audacity. <laughs> it made Derek spit on the ground. Mention of so ridiculous. And they're like, and it struggles to hit 30 frames per second. I'm like, what is <laughs> those aren't, this? You gotta, you gotta get those numbers up. What you're is describing, you're describing, Derek? I'm offended. You're describing a top tier Switch game right now. I was just gonna amazing. say this is like a Switch port or something. <laughs> so, are you saying it would play better on the Switch? <laughs> It, it would because you wouldn't have to deal with any issues you would just boot it up so i ended up the one advantage to um for those who don't know the background of my final fantasy 13 story i played it at launch so it came out in 2010 alongside god of war 3 i got both those the same day i started final fantasy 13 got pretty far in and then kind of got sick of it and went to god of war 3 beat god of war 3 and then came back to final fantasy 13 and got I don't remember how many chapters there are, but I think I left off like two chapters before the ending, two or three chapters before the ending. And it wasn't because I was like, I'm just tired of playing this. I literally got stuck on a boss. I went to guides. I went to, yeah, it was Jesse White. I went to guides. I went to everything. I don't remember who the boss is. I did it for years. I would go back. I'm like, I gotta gotta try again. I had all the strategies, everything. Now looking back and reading more stuff and, and just uh, obviously 10 more years of gaming experience. I think my issue is I was probably just under level and did not level up my characters correctly. So that being said, the reason I say that is PC has an easy mode. So I was like, Oh, I'd like to play it on easy mode. So I actually can guarantee I can finish this game because I still don't have the confidence I can beat this game on normal mode, but that's blocked because I'm not playing the trash version that it is on PC. So I downloaded it on Xbox One X. It's basically, I don't know if it's native 4K. It looks like it is, but when I went on the uh, the enhanced games, it doesn't say 4K. It just says it's Xbox enhanced. Um, but anyways, it you looks can see really a good. Difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. It looks really good. It runs good. 
it's way better than the PC version. I am playing it on normal, so we'll see if I suck at it. I'm a couple hours in. Uh, I made a joke saying that it's better than Final Fantasy VII. It's not. I'm not even talking about the original. It's not better than Final Fantasy VII Remake either. Like, I'm playing it, and I'm like, uh, I don't know why I like this game so much, because... The characters, I've obviously changed personality. I'm glad you've come to your senses, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded like a like a freaking guy from Star Trek or something. I'm glad you're coming. What's on top? Mr. Teague, your senses are functioning properly. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so I, I think that's going to be the game I play for maybe a couple more hours. I don't know. But that's the only one I've really been playing. I did watch some shows. I watched. Yeah, I'm curious what stuff you've been watching. All three season of o- o- seasons of Ozark. That was basically what oh. I was doing. Can we just pause for a second to appreciate how amazing that show is? I honestly want to say it's probably the best show I've ever watched. Wow, that's um, so good. I know there's a lot of great shows. Like I, I enjoyed Game of Thrones, and I'm trying to think of some other ones that I was. Well, the one that's compared to most often, I think for good reason, is Breaking Bad. Sure. Oh and, yeah, of course. And but I it's actually, better than Breaking Bad. To me. I, I prefer it to Breaking really? Bad. That's not to diminish some of the performances in Breaking Bad. Or some of those are just amazing, and some of the sequences are awesome. But overall, uh, I am really enjoying. Uh, I have enjoyed Ozarks way more. Here's why I like Ozark way more in Breaking Bad. First of all, I think Jason Bateman's a better actor than whoever played what's his face. I don't know about that. I do. I think he is. Um, Different. Let me let me say it this way because I don't. I'm saying better actor, but I want to say his character better. I like Jason Bateman because he plays almost the same character in everything, and that's not to knock him. Because you can literally say that about every actor and actress. They find their little niche role, and then they just do it over and well, over. Well, one example that goes against that would be like Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. He does not play the same character in everything he's in, right? He well, was Malcolm because, in the Middle's dad, and then he was Walter yep, White. Yep, so he's yep, been all yep, over yep, the yep. place. Well, yep. even Walter White was still... Like was, Malcolm in the Middle's dad? No. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to... Yeah, I said that they're different actors, but they're actually not because yeah, they've bond- they uh, mostly they would do comedic roles and then like these more serious roles, yeah. you know. Yeah, I I am convinced that most comedians and comedic actors have a really dark side to them. Oh yeah, and if they get a chance to really let it go, then they can be like Jim Carrey is a great example of that. Twenty, and we've seen that twenty three. Uh, yeah, he's 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 got a real dark side to him that yeah. I think can come out in some dramatic roles, but also some real creepy roles. But and Robin Williams, of course. Yeah. tragically had a very dark side as well that came out in certain roles he did too so i'm glad you liked ozark so do you went through all three seasons in the last two weeks yeah well it probably took me less than two weeks i probably finished it in a week and a half because i was Dude, watching because it while i was working it's structured in such a perfect way that you really there's not really a good stopping point the end of each episode is so intense and i gotta find out what that happens the issue that i was having because i would set like my bedtime because i i Part of like my uh, being disciplined and changing my life since the last two years was, you know, one of the rules I try to follow is you must get eight hours of sleep because that's what helps me give me energy to exercise and all that stuff. Um, But when I was watching this show, I kept I would I would set like my bedtime like, hey, you got to wake up at seven since I don't have to drive to work anymore. So you need to go to bed by eleven. Well, I would get to the end of a show, and I'd be like, well, I need to know what's next. <laughs> of course. So I'll, just, I'll just watch a little bit, and then I would just keep it on, and I was staying up till 12, 1 o'clock every, every night. But here's the other thing I want to say. I like Jason Bateman 
overall better is what I'm saying. But it's also, it's everything. Like, it's all the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like a lot of the characters in Breaking Bad. I liked some, of course, but I didn't like all of them. There's nobody in this show in Ozark that I'm like, you're you're annoying yeah. when you're not supposed to be annoying. Does that make sense? Like, yep. let me let me put it this way: there are certain characters, just like any show, any movie, that are designed for you to hate them. Yes, and you obviously know that. So there are characters in Ozark that you will say, "I hate you," and I want you to die, and you wait for them to die. But that's because um, they're doing a good job, right? But they're doing a good job of that. Um, that's not always the case in every show. There's shows where you're like, oh, you're supposed to like that character. You're really annoying. Like, I want you to die, even though you're supposed to be likable. So I thought overall, everybody was well done. The writing's really well done. The acting's really good. I know you talked about, I don't know if it was on a post or even on our show. Um, I don't care for the, the blue, every scene is blue, but I also get, get it for the tone. You know, you don't want like this bright colored show for really it's an emo depressing show. I mean, it's like it's like Freitas right now. He's very blue. He's very blue. I'm blue. blue, 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 blue. But yeah, it's really good. If you haven't watched it, if you're at all interested in it, it it is a lot like Breaking Bad. It's like the same type of premise. uh, This clean cut family who kind of gets themselves in trouble. The thing that's really different is Walter White had a secret, whereas this whole family is aware of what they're doing and they're just yeah pretty early on they all become involved with it right so i was asking Um, i do um, think go ahead dan sorry i was asking i forget who posted if it was one of you guys but like so my wife didn't really like breaking bad because the thing for her is and just like uh derek was saying there's basically no redeeming characters in breaking bad that's kind of the flaw of that show when you're the kind of person that my wife is where she needs somebody to root for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, there's Jesse, and that's kind of about it. I guess, like, the characters who are out of the loop that are sure. side, like Hank, you know, like, those are yeah redeeming characters, but there's they're like not main barely, characters. Yeah, there's barely any characters that you're like, oh, like, I mean, like, a lot of these characters are terrible. I mean, but... I rooted for Walter White. For a bit, but then it gets to the point where he's he just goes too far to the other side. He gets he's just completely. Yes, I agree. But then you honestly you kind of as you still root for him. Well, if you understand (laughs) humans, like we're all, I would say we're all normal. It doesn't mean we're not capable of bad things. I think all three of I've proven (laughs) two years ago I'm capable of bad things. But I think if 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 you get into that psyche where your person, I'll say it for myself, two years ago, my personality changed because I made a bad decision. And then I kept making bad decision after bad decision. And I literally changed like for the worse. And then I had to make a choice to get better. But the point I'm trying to make is when you get involved with that stuff, like a Walter White and what he's doing, he may have started out like, and it's it's a slow fade. Like they'll oh, yeah. it's, they'll explain it to you in any psychology class. You're not going to just make a drastic decision. You always slowly move to it, and then you end up over here. And you're like, "How did I get over here? Well, right. I'm here. I might as well keep going," because yeah. you've just made small little allowances. Like, "Hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this," and it shifts your personality. It changes who you are, and then your ego starts growing, and your focus you lose you lose focus on what's important. Like my biggest struggle right now 
I'm not trying to make it about me, but just how I can understand these characters, even Jason Bateman's characters. My biggest struggle now, even two years later, is I still want to live how I was living. Like, I have to fight against that because there's just something that's been fed yeah. that's opened up, and now I just want more of it. And it doesn't just go away, and it's not that easy. And that's why I can kind of relate to those characters is because – once they jump into that lifestyle, us as normal viewers, we might be like, dude, you have your out. Get out. Like there's there's I'm not spoiling, but there's parts in Ozark where you're like, I think they could they could at least try to run away. I think they could just go get out of it. And they even think that like we should go, we should go, we should go, we should go. Mm -hmm. But they don't. And ultimately, I think the honest answer, even though they'll make excuses or valid excuses, I really think they just don't want to go. I think they're hooked and they want to stay in it. And it's the same thing with like a Walter White where it's like he did this for a reason. He got all the way over here and then he just wanted to keep going. He had to keep going because it becomes his life. It well, that's what makes season three of Ozark so interesting because uh, Marty Bird, so Jason Bateman's character, the dad, is still his ultimate goal is to get them out of this and to get them yeah. free and clear from this. But his wife is now taking a much larger role and she's got ambitions to be successful. And whether it's that a combination of I was talking about as I was talking. She's yeah, the so, characters her yep. person I wouldn't say her personalities change. I think that was who they kinda as you go through the show, they're kinda like, Hey, this is what she was when she was in politics. Exactly. Yep. She just likes to win and she she's very aggressive and over the top. And they're kind of showing it in the show. Now she's not doing it so much in politics. She's right. doing it in this other thing. Well, in the brilliance of Breaking Bad, I did want to mention, and you're spot on, this idea of it's a slow fade. I, as a viewer, faded right there with Walter White. So by the time he was making just evil decisions that purely out of selfishness and because he had gotten addicted to the power that mm -hmm. came along with everything he was doing, um, I was right there with him, just rooting for him. Not even, like a lot of times, it took other people watching it to be like, yeah, isn't it crazy how evil he is? And I was like... Oh, he's yeah. evil? Yeah. yeah. I was I thinking that, too. <laughs> I was like, God. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an awesome show. Um, I, I did want to mention something that I'm watching, too, while we're talking shows real quick, is The Last Kingdom. Um, it's another Netflix uh, original, just like Ozark is. And it stars a whole bunch of actors that you'll never, for the most part, you'll never have heard of before. Um, but it's all about this real historical uh, person. His name is Uhtred. And, but the, the story of course is a historical fiction telling of that. But the sure. idea is it's back during the Danes and Saxons, um, uh, their conflicts. Sometimes they were allied together, but usually they were in conflict with each other uh, and their power struggle over there in, uh, in the, the England area before England even formed. But it's really fascinating, really well done. I, I would argue that first season is good, but not amazing. It's got some pacing issues and it's kind of like, I'm not sure if I care about these characters, yeah. I'm telling you, I just started season four. Seasons two and three really pick up the pace and the quality. And so far, I'm only episode one in season four. It's it's to me, it's right up there with the quality of something like a Game of Thrones, if you like that kind of show. But it's minus a lot of the crazy fantasy dragons and magic sure. and all that stuff. There's there's some elements of, ooh, is that magical thing? Is that power real? There's some of that, you know, as yeah. there's like people who claim to be sorcerers. Um, most of that is just proven to be false but some of it feels like oh there might have been some power there mm. but whatever regardless i highly highly recommend it the acting is amazing and the action is awesome so, so you said the part. last kingdom the last kingdom yeah they just that's put out funny, season four because i swear there's also another netflix original that's called just the kingdom or or kingdom 
that's like it's like feudal Japan, but it's, it's like zombies. It's like oh a my. feudal Japan like zombie show, and I think it's called The Kingdom or just Kingdom. So it's funny that like those sound so similar, but they're like time pieces, but they're like not quite literally like you know yeah. historical piece. <laughs> yeah. So in one, look for samurais fighting zombies, and the other yeah. one, look for Vikings. Yeah. Um, both awesome. So both awesome. Both, both are fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So anyway, I I highly recommend it if. And and I, I admitted this too, watching the Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer, which I did want to talk about our thoughts on that um, before we jump over to stuff you're playing too, Dan. Sure. Um, but watching that trailer and also watching this show and actually even playing a few games, like I'm very much into this whole Nordic thing right now. I'm also considering jumping back into God of War again, how much I love that. Um, but everything doing to do with Vikings and Nordic mythology and all that's very interesting to me at the moment. Um, it's a very, but Michael in, Huber in general, thing. we didn't talk about this yet before. So while it's on my mind, wanted to get your guys thoughts on the Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer. Now that I mentioned the last kingdom show and as before you guys tell me what you think about the trailer and the teaser that they've shown one full trailer and then one teaser so far, mm-hmm. both of them very cinematic in nature. Although one of them, they say was purely CG and the other one they're saying was in-game footage, okay. although not actual a person playing the game it was still in-game footage of maybe a cut scene or action scene or whatever um, but one quick thing to mention is there's a major character who becomes a major villain in the show the last kingdom he's got this big old red beard and big long red hair uh, i forget his name his uh his name he's an actor from norway i think um but anyway he plays a major villain in the last kingdom oh, okay. and he is actually voicing the main character in ac valhalla uh, which is really cool nice like that totally makes sense that they would get one of those actors to do that. So uh, what'd you guys think about the Valhalla trailer and teaser that you've seen so far? Dan, I'll start with you. What did you think about AC and the direction they're going? So I, I did watch the, uh, so right before we were, um, before we were recording, I, w- I was watching the Xbox 2020 thing uh, just to try to, you know, catch up and be aware of everything. I, I didn't get to the actual footage of AC Valhalla. Um, okay. I just saw everything everyone was saying online about how like, they were like, Oh, Funny how you're saying it's a gameplay trailer. Where's the gameplay? LOL. Right. So right. I didn't actually get to see, but um, so I can't speak to that. But yeah, the CG trailer was cool. The, you know, cool vibes, you know, Vikings is cool. Um, but it's not just Vikings, right? Isn't it also, isn't there like a medieval setting kind of going on as well? So, I mean, a big part of the history with Vikings is that they essentially needed a place, a new place to call home. And the islands of Great Britain were beautiful and, and very fertile. They could grow stuff there and set up a new home. And that's where they con- they had a conflict with the okay. Saxons. And they also with the Irishmen and Welsh and Scottish. There's all kinds of different tribes. It's very tribal and okay. all that kind of stuff. Because I'm not super familiar with the history of Vikings. I, I yeah, so the Danes, were... who are also known as Vikings, it was Danes and Saxons. Those were okay. the the two main people groups that were fighting each other for a long time. And they crossed paths with the sort of medieval, that time, that, that time period. Yeah. Right. So it's like in the, it's just before the year 1000 type of time frame. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's some, that's some cool uh, imagery and cool stuff to play around with for sure. I think so. so. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, I love the, I love the Assassin's Creed series. It is actually one of my favorite series, but like, I am actually one of those people that like really dug the modern day stuff. And like when you actually really go all the way back and you think about that concept, like it's it's a super cool concept. Mm-hmm. And they just like abandoned it because of how they wrote Assassin's Creed 3 and kind of what they did at the end there. And it's like, oh, shoot, we sort of like backed ourselves into a corner. But like yep. the concept is still like this is modern day. But like, you know, 
playing on these different uh, history settings. So, I mean, yep. I don't know. I, I liked that balance in the beginning of the series and they've pretty much done away with that. Yeah. It's still, they're still fun to play, but I just feel like the concept, the actual original concept is just lost. So it's like, why even call it Assassin's Creed? Why even make them Assassin's games? Just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But other than the name cool. recognition, like right. The brand recognition and kind yeah. of giving you some kind of, so like at the end of Odyssey, they tie it into origins in a kind of a interesting way after the first DLC. And that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine, but I didn't really need any of that. Like if yeah. I had played all of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and they had just called that game Odyssey, right? Sure. And it were just a game where you play the story of this brother and sister from ancient Greece and and that's it. And there's no ties to Assassin's Creed. And, and if they made Origins as just a game about this husband and wife battling through things in ancient Egypt and that was it. Like if they yeah. didn't actually tie it to Assassin's Creed, there's not a whole lot that we're missing outside of the brand recognition and outside of the few moments where they go, oh, and this is how the Templar Order and Assassins come into play very lightly. In this well, era. the rumors so. were for Odyssey, uh, not Odyssey, I'm sorry, Origins, I think originally, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but like it was originally supposed to be a separate game, like not actually associated with Sa- Assassin's Creed, but then I think somewhere down the line, some suits said, you need to like weave Assassin's Creed into this, so. Yeah, this one will Allegedly. be interesting with Vikings because the last thing I think of with Vikings is subtlety and stealth and nuance in their battling, yeah. <laughs> right? It's all about gigantic axes and shields sure. and battle cries as they jump into the fray. Yeah, so, so that's interesting. I mean, to be fair, the last couple of AC games have also been a little lighter on the stealth and actually being an assassin and much more on being a fully-fledged yes. action RPG with, with great literally combat. play... I'm sorry to cut you off. I, ahead, I, was, I was just going to say off the, your point, the last two, you can play stealth, but they've left it completely optional. Whereas previous AC games were, it was pretty be much, yeah, it was pretty much impossible to complete certain missions. If you weren't stealthy. Now I think I can play all of Odyssey. I think I played all of Odyssey. There was times I would choose to stealth, but I played all of Odyssey just running and killing. Yeah, especially as you start to get really uber powered, you can just jump in and start a fight with like 20 guys at a time. And for the most part, yeah. you're going to be fine yeah. um, with all the powers they give you. And don't get me wrong, that has its time and place. And I really enjoy that. But you're that they've moved away from the assassin part of that franchise. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. I expect that type of gameplay to continue with, with the Valhalla. I expect them to have much more of a... You know, you can jump in and here's all your awesome abilities. And I bet you this, this new hero has tons of strength and can take down groups of enemies at a time. Um, But I think they'll do the same thing as before, where if you're going to go take down a fortress or take out some guys at a camp, you could sneak in through some bushes and stuff if you want to, before you start attacking. It'll probably be, there'll be some of that. I think it kind of lends to itself though. You could, you could say with these time periods, they're taking place before the initial ones where like sort of the Assassin's Creed like guild became more about being kind of sneaky and stealthy and in the shadows whereas the organization starts they're not quite there because they haven't really figured out that aspect it's just more kind of like defends you know people from the evil forces out there so it's also if you're looking back at vikings and all that they always moved in a group they had their little army right and they've already said that they're going to have battles like that you're going to be on these fields with huge battles but they can also and they don't even have to explain it just be like hey your character based off of whatever they're going to do with the story 
has these solo missions. He's not going to walk around with an entourage at all times because he's doing something just like in, in Odyssey. My character, whatever one you go, female or male, has a mission, has a goal. He doesn't need an entourage to complete it. It's going to be the same thing with this guy. He has some agenda, something he has to do. He's not going to always go into battle or war. He's going to be able to stealth. He's going to be able to take on these missions solo. And then I think to incorporate how Vikings really work, and I think it's going to be part of the overall story as far as showing the Vikings being this ruthless group of people that just went from place to place killing and, and looting and destroying everybody. They will do that. They will have. They'll show you that, and you'll be a part of that. I don't know what for, what side we'll be on, or what's gonna. Yeah, they said that you'll exactly. be able to raid villages and stuff, and loot and all that. And I think that's gonna probably be a similar experience to what you did in Odyssey when you weakened an area enough to when you could initiate a battle between uh, the Athenians and the and the Spartans, yeah. and then you could pick a side. And so I think it'll be similar to that, where there's there's a nice, cool field of battle. I thought those moments were really cool. And you could just go in and you could hone in on certain captains or certain enemies. And every once in a while, a mercenary who was hunting you down would appear on the battlefield and have to fight them. So I, I get the feeling it'll be a similar experience um, when you're doing those group battles. Um, also, one of the things that to me fascinates me about, and again, it's from watching the TV show right now, is you're right, Derek. It is much less about this one man army and much more about how you um, strategize and use the army that you have at your disposal. Also, with the TV show, it was a lot about who you were allied with. And what makes the show so interesting to me, The Last Kingdom, is when they ally with, ally with, or when they have a marriage between a son and daughter of so-and-so and so-and-so, now those armies are at each other's disposals. They don't really care if they're in love. They don't care. But you get married, and boom, now you've got that army who can come in and flank the enemy from the side during an upcoming key battle, all because you just married off your daughter to some lord out in the east or whatever so that kind of stuff is fascinating to me too i doubt they'll do that kind of thing here but it'd be really cool if you could do a lot of strategizing and manipulating using different armies and, and allies and things like that i do know that i don't think that's going to be the case but they are going to incorporate a lot of uh kind of village or fortress building type aspects to it don't know exactly what that's going to be but the idea is you can build up your home base I do like that. Right? So, you can uh, add let me just, and all that kind of stuff. Let me just say this: like, I never get really hyped for sequels. I mean, not. Let me say it this way: like, if they were to announce Horizon Zero Dawn two, I'm gonna get hyped because I love the first one so much. I don't get hyped for like franchises that have like ten games. Like okay. when they announce a new one, I'm not like, oh my gosh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like blah blah blah. That being said, I also have a little bit, I have a little more hype for this one just because of who's making it. I'm a big fan of Origins. Um, I know a lot of people love Black Flag, even though I didn't love that one. One of the reasons why I like who's making this, because he made Black Flags and Origins, if you notice, Black Flags and Origins are the two main Assassin's Creed games that had huge changes yep. to the to the gameplay that was done by the same team. So uh, this puts a little bit of uh, hype and pressure on these guys, but that's kind of what I'm hoping out of this one. Like, do I want another Origins slash Odyssey experience? In my opinion, those two are clearly the best Assassin's Creed games, and I'm a huge fan of the franchise like i love every single one of them there are ones obviously i like less but i liked every single one of them mm -hmm. 
but those two are my all-time favorite of all the Assassin's Creed games. Um, and I do want them to stay in that Witcher-type format, but I also want to see something different because I can also see that getting redundant and old. Yeah. So these are the guys that I think can do that. I think they can sit there and go, okay, here's what we did with Origins. Odyssey made it bigger and better and added some cool things, but didn't really change how you played the game. They just added a lot of cool systems into the game. Now let's add more systems or let's make them more in-depth. But also, let's see if these guys can also change, like, change the way maybe you play. how we play the game. Yeah. Maybe the open progression system will be different. They already confirmed that, right? So that'll be different. Yeah. It won't be a traditional leveling up system. Whereas with Odyssey, it was very much the enemy's level 49, I'm level 45. And so they've got a red skull over their you know, health bar. And the only problem I had with that, I don't have a problem with like enemies being higher level. In general, I don't either. Yeah. And therefore it being hard for me to kill them. The only thing I really wish, at least in uh, Assassin's Creed game, I'm not saying every game has to do this or follow this. Assassin's Creed game, you're an assassin. So if I sneak up on you and stealth you and one shot you, I want to see you die. Even if you're a level 80 and I'm a level 10, because I, I, Caught you off guard and I stabbed you in a lethal way. Yeah, I, if I, I got a knife right into your neck. It doesn't matter if you're level yeah. fifty. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm a level ten, you're a level eighty, and I'm not stealthing you, then yeah, make them as hard as you want to make them. I don't care. But if if I'm an assassin, don't put a level gauge on my stealth kills. Those should be one shot kill. Also, there are some off, smart ways for them to prevent you from stealthing strong. That's enemies, what right? I was put, just gonna say. Position them with the right like entourage around them or in the right position in a building or a tent or something where you can't get to them, then you can't really stealth some of those guys. So yeah, there's fact, that, that, that could change the way you play those games too. They're getting rid of the leveling system in that way. But like, if you want to make like enemies more difficult, don't just put a number above their head or a red skull and say, stay away from them. Even though they look exactly like the same guys you've been killing the entire game. <laughs> What you can do, and this is stuff they could start thinking in next gen, is going, okay, we're not going to actually change how difficult any of these enemies are. We, we might change how they, like, this guy is going to be diff- different from this guy, so he'll play differently. But we're just going to change the world that you're getting into, the level that you're in. We're going to make that more difficult. It's the same thing with, like, Bloodborne and all those. I'm not saying the enemies don't get more difficult as far as, like, stats they do to a certain extent but really a lot of what got more difficult as you got deeper into those games even though you're leveling up was the world became more annoying and then you got more enemies and they just started hitting you from everywhere yeah. so they there they had to you right like around a certain corner or you had yeah. to go through this room that was impossible and so all they just made the game harder they didn't put a number above somebody's head and say oh he's harder so i totally get the negative feedback from Odyssey that I saw people commenting saying that's such a lazy way to do it. And I hate like arrogant people that talk that way. Like so lazy. Like I'm like, did you make that game? Do you, do you know how hard it is to make? It? But I also understand it. Yeah, I do. I, I get offended. But I think, I think it's, uh, I think it is in a way kind of lazy, but I think they weren't 
being lazy. I think they were like, no, we're making our RPG. This is how RPGs are made. Does I mean, that make sense? It's a massive game. This thousand people so, yeah. like working on this one game together, doing different things. So yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot I would have changed about the way they did Odyssey because I can't no, pretend, I sitting here pretend like I've got better ideas than they've got. That being said, I am right there with you, man. I am looking forward to seeing what this team does with the next Odyssey entry. And you're right. This is the team that flipped things on its head once and then majorly with Origins, even more so than Black Flag. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing. Okay, I have a feeling they're going to continue the same Origins and Odyssey vibe, but... I do think they're going to add more wrinkles than Odyssey added. And I think there's going to be more for us to do. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they do. Plus, I love the setting. I love that that time frame, the medieval Viking. And it's stuff. it's coming out in an exciting time. It's coming out when next-gen consoles are coming out. I know we don't have a release date. It's like but Black Flag did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really exciting. Like and, and, and we'll talk about it, obviously, when we cover Xbox One X or Xbox Series X stuff. But, like, knowing that you can buy this game and then you're you're leveling, you're you're upgrading for free to the next um, console or the next generation of consoles, stuff like that. You get the you get to reap all the benefits. Like it's an exciting title because you know it's going to come out within, I would say, a, a couple weeks or a month. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if it ends up being a launch title, but we'll see. But I, I it's it's coming out at an exciting time. It'll likely be I, a November release, and whether it's the week of or week after, or week before the consoles, it'll be available. I think uh, on those consoles. I just know Ubisoft loves, and they've said it. Their president says that they love to release games when co- generations change and consoles launch, and it's really smart. I'm really surprised it would be only Ubisoft that would come out come out and say this. I don't see how every company doesn't jump on it because I know from. For me personally, and I know I'm not the only one that does this, not only do people save up for the new console they're going to buy, but there's an excitement to get new games. Like, oh, yeah. like I use, I always use Knack as an example. Knack is not a game that I would have bought if it came out a year after the console, the PS4 launch. I bought it solely for the reason that because it was a new IP on the ps4 and i was like i'm trying everything i'm buying everything um and i know i'm not the only one and i didn't buy knack 2 and i know a lot of people that bought knack 1 because knack 1 sold good did not buy knack 2 um so releasing games at launch is really smart and ubisoft loves to do that so i wouldn't be surprised if if valhalla or however you say it does launch i would say at least when the xbox comes out yeah. Or maybe a week before, just because they might not want to be aligning with one console. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't want to be like, it's coming out when the Series X comes out. And PlayStation 5 is like, what's up with that? <laughs> you know, because that would be kind of D to do that. I, I do think it is generally November AC games do come out. So October, November. Late, yeah. late October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, we'll come back to Xbox 2020 stuff to wrap up the show. But, Dan, anything that you've been playing? I know we talked a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake last week, but we didn't really dig into stuff we're playing. So, uh, any games that you've been playing over the last couple weeks that are worth noting? Well, apparently we're not allowed to talk about Final Fantasy. We're going to talk about Xbox. So, this isn't my show, guys. See you later. No, <laughs> um, no I'm actually, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely, because Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game, not just favorite Final Fantasy, favorite game of all time. So right. I am genuinely a little bummed for Derek that he didn't like it as much as we did. Um, 
But, and I know, you know we like still... to bust his balls over it, but yeah. if anyone's listening to what he's saying, yeah. I have never once heard Derek say that it is a bad game or that he hates it. It's more right. of, I wanted to like it more than I did. And if you're listening to what he's saying, then you are. I don't have to repeat it. But anyway, I mean, continue. Derek, you obviously don't think it. Thank you, Tim, for you don't explaining gen- to the people. <laughs> I was mansplaining, okay? Continue, Dan. <laughs> Quit mansplaining for him. Um, you don't actually think it's a terrible game, right? Like you acknowledge no. that it's not. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a, for me, it's an eight, 8.5. And if I go point. back to it, which I probably will go back to it when I'm in the mood, I'll probably score it higher. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to end up being one of my favorite final fantasy games. I still, and I do stick by this. I joke a lot on my posts. Um, some people take them serious. Some people can figure figure out what I'm doing. But Final Fantasy 15 is my favorite. I don't want to get in a debate with anybody here or <laughs> even online. It's not. It has nothing to do with story or anything like that. I don't sure. give a crap what people say about that. It's just a super fun game that I got sucked into for 100 hours. Got the platinum, which I rarely ever do platinums. But I was so sucked into that game that i was like i want the platinum i just was entrenched in all of the lore i watched the movie i i did everything that you could possibly do with that game um and so that one is easily my favorite but i still think final fantasy 7 remake is probably in the final fantasy 10 and final fantasy 12 area of like right below like right in that area and I mean, all I can really ask for is you enjoying them anyways, because it's my favorite series. So really, mm-hmm. it's a win-win in my eyes. So um, No, um, they're, they're all good. I think yeah. all Final Fantasy games are good. They're all, I think they're good. Just obviously some to me are much less good than others. But, you know, I still yeah. appreciate aspects like of 13, for example. Like, I think the combat in 13 is is pretty great. And the visuals like still hold up. Like, that game is still pretty gorgeous, considering it's, it looks really good on 4K. Um, I think the issue, and I can see it with 13, you know what, as I was playing 13 for a couple hours today, I was just like, I was getting really angry at how they dress these boy characters. Like, Hope, <laughs> Hope is a terrible character, and I totally forgot, like, I, mean, I really did forget how bad some of these characters are. Hope is god-awful. I think it's Vanille, Vanille, Vanette, and there, uh, there's, Vanille. A, there's a part in the beginning of the game where it's Hope and Vanille are the the team and you're you're using them and i'm like that's terrible like they're both (laughs) talking to each other and i hate them and hope is hope is really bad because he dresses bad and then his whole like story and i'm not spoiling it it's like right in the beginning his whole story yeah his whole story is he's angry at snow because I think it's his mom, because I skipped the cutscene today, but like I think his mom died, and he blames Snow. But if you actually watch the cutscene, it's not Snow's fault. Like, it's just stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, but he clearly thought it was. So. But, but but that's my point. Like, And I get he's a kid or whatever, but it was just so dumb, because you're just like, can't somebody just explain I mean, to him that he's an also, idiot? Derek, you've seen how like a lot of these characters are dressed in the Final Fantasy. I mean, look at Titus. I loved Final he's Fantasy He's dressed 10. just like Titus. He's wearing like the little jacket. I would argue that Vaughn is dressed worse than Titus. Vaughn, <laughs> I don't. It's just the pants offend me. The, the well, pants Vaughn's are... wearing the little jacket too. Like, okay, yeah, basically, Hulk's like wearing a shirt, and then he has like this little vest jacket that Vaughn's doesn't shirt connect underneath that thing. Yeah, Vaughn is wearing that little vest. He's jacket, going full on Aladdin down the street. Oh yeah, yeah, Vaughn. absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, let's go back uh, to Dan. Okay, ta- you had started talking about Final Fantasy stuff. Um, and by the so way, I'm, if that's what you're playing, go ahead. Well, so I, I got a few more trophies. I'm going to I'm gonna take a break from it and go back uh, at some point to do the hard playthrough because I, I do want to platinum the game. Um, I'm just going to take a step back right now because I don't want to just like kind of bombard myself with that game and then just like once I get the platinum, it's almost like I don't even want to play it anymore. Like I don't want to get to that point, so... Um, I got you. But I, I'm kind of like where, where Derek is right now. I'm, I'm sort of in this weird like lull of like, I don't know what really to play right now. And it kind of yeah. reminds me of when I was a kid, like when I was first playing the Final Fantasy games, I'd always feel like this emptiness after I finished one because I just I loved it so much. It was such a good game. Now it's over. It's like, what the hell do I do now? Like, what, what do I even like? What do mm-hmm. I even do? Um, yep. And I would it's usually the, it's just... the video game hole that you fall yeah. into. So just like finishing I... a TV show happens. But I think that's pretty great because I think that speaks to the quality of the game for me to kind of feel that sensation that I haven't really felt in a while. Like 15 didn't really do that for me. Uh, 13 didn't do that for me. So, hmm. I mean, you know, they obviously did a great job. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I, a couple things I was trying earlier today. I downloaded Watch Dogs 2 because I actually cool. never got around to playing that. Um, I'm only about an hour in, so I can't speak too much to the... Did you just buy it, or you just downloaded I'm, it because you bought it previously? Yeah, I bought it a while ago. It was, like, on super sale. I think it was, like, 15 bucks or something. So I was like, well, I'm just going to buy that, obviously. So um, it seems it seems good. Um, the movement... Is it Marcus? I think the main character's name is Marcus. Yeah. His movement is really flimsy. Like, yeah. he's just, like, he's just flailing about. Like, I think it's because of yeah. the cover system. They want you to easily just kind of dive over to, to like, where you want to cover. But it's just, it's a little disorienting. But um, yeah. it's it's a pretty game. And obviously, there's probably, there's a lot you can do in it. It's almost overwhelming, to be mm-hmm. honest, because there's so many, like, icons and things popping up that you can hack and do all sorts of stuff. But, again, I just started the game. So, I think once I kind of get in the groove, if I'm enjoying it, then, you know, I'll continue nice. playing it. But um, I like that game a lot. Then um I don't know if you ever heard of Grand Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I was gonna look up. Never played it. Yeah, I remember playing the demo a while back, and I actually, uh, I actually liked it. So I um it was a PlayStation Plus game a while ago. So I was like, cool, I'll I'll try that at some point, and I just never got around to it. So I downloaded that just to see if I'd you know get into that. So I I I played about a half hour of that because uh I had a save from what I I thought the demo would carry over into the actual full game, and it didn't. It started me at the beginning again, but um, hmm. that's a pretty game. Uh, nice art. It kind of reminds me almost of Dragon Crown, just minus yeah. the giant, you know, with zombies bouncing around. <laughs> um, well, that's why I, I deleted it after sure. I bought it. So yeah, like, where's, my, where's my jumbos? Well, you're a pervert, so, you know. But uh, <laughs> this kingdom isn't grand. <laughs> this is false advertising. Um, but yeah, the presentation reminds me of Dragon's Crown, kind of like the still characters, kind of like moving slightly as they're talking. Hmm. Um, gotcha. Then like the combat is different because it's not an action RPG. So um, is it like a is it a strategy or is it just turn based RPG? What is it? It's um it is turn based. So like the characters essentially, there's almost like. If you so you're looking at the characters and they're facing each other like your characters are on the left and the enemies are on the right so you're facing each other okay and there's a there's three I think it's three rows so your yeah. characters can ba- bounce between each row and it costs some of your meter so as you're running back and forth it uses the meter or if you're gonna switch rows it costs some of the meter um, it's like a two D um, 
I don't, I don't know. Is it a real-time strategy or what is it called where you can move like almost, almost like, Valkyria, like fire almost like like Valkyria Chronicles, yeah. but like on on a like a three sort of row like it would know, be like a tactics type game because yeah. gears tactics every time you move it takes you know your AP or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. but you know there's different classes because obviously the set it's like a medieval fantasy type of game you know um, with like uh, magic and and dudes with swords and you know that kind of setting so. Um, it seems interesting, but I'm not far enough into that to really say anything either. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to figure out what to play right now, to be honest. I, I might maybe start. Um, I know you guys aren't into anime, but uh, the newest season of My Hero Academia. I actually haven't started that yet. So I was, well, let me uh, let me check with my daughter. She might okay. start a podcast with you because she's okay. super cool. She actually uh, enjoys cool things, unlike you. So. Oh yeah, she she <laughs> she enjoys cool things. Yeah, the last just anime like Animal Crossing. Into, the last anime show I got into was that Attack on Titan show. That's a yeah. That's yeah. That's very dark too. It's very. It actually, very... I actually thought when one of the trailers started in that Xbox 2020 or whatever, I thought it was Attack of the Titan. I was like, oh, they got a new Attack of the Titan game coming. That out. Anime yeah. game, yeah. Yeah, that one from Bandai Namco, which yep. we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's one of the ones I'm actually most. Are you about? I thought it was Scorn or whatever, the one that shows like this like alien belly uh, or whatever, and then that everyone like... was like, "Hey, nice Prometheus ripoff, great job." <laughs> um, um, cool. Yeah, no, I haven't really. I am just sort of still soaking in Final Fantasy and figuring out what to play next. So yeah, until Last yeah. of Us Two. So makes sense. Yeah, um, I fully plan on jumping into the. Um, the fates of Atlantis DLC for Odyssey. Speaking of Assassin's Creed stuff, because I do want to wrap that up so I can kind of put a bow on that game. I love it, but I'm ready to move on from it. And I do want to see that last uh, DLC. So I do plan on jumping into that probably this week. Um, like I mentioned, it's hard not to be totally on that Vikings trip right now with the Valhalla trailer watching through the yeah. last kingdom. So since they're both on sale, I bought two games on switch and I can recommend one and not recommend the other. The one I won't, re- the one I will not recommend is Niflheim. Um, okay. The idea is it's a so it's a side-scrolling, somewhat survival and kind of collecting and building up your base, but also somewhat action RPG. It just doesn't play very well. So like the parts where you're going to battle, like right away, you're like, oh, the the fighting in this really sucks. Uh, so um, I don't think it's very fun to play in terms of the battling, but there's some cool visuals and stuff like that. The idea is that you know you're a, a Viking warrior who's trying to battle his way out of Niflheim. That's sort sort of the idea of it, but not really something I can recommend fully, even though it's it was down to like ten bucks. So it's not like you wasted money on it necessarily. It's just not amazing. But when I you do wasted rec- ten dollars ten. I wasted ten dollars. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know how to do math. You said it was ten bucks. It sucks. You uh-huh. wasted ten dollars. It doesn't suck. Got, like, I just don't recommend it. Like I'll play it some more, but it doesn't. You could have bought not... like a Big Mac and a large fry and a soda or something. Now I'm hungry. Okay, so the game that I would recommend, um, it's actually surprisingly well done, real time strategy game on the Switch, and it's called Northguard. It's actually a PC game as well. I think it's elsewhere. Um, but this is, it's kind of got a little bit of a cartoony vibe to it in terms of the um, the characters. So think somewhat advanced wars, just not quite as anime style as those characters are. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what other games to compare it to, but it's a little bit of a, of a hex type system. Although the areas that you take over are not clean hexes. Sometimes they're mm. oddly shaped, okay. but you, there's a, there's a big map and you 
have control of one area to start with. And so then you have to train up some scouts and send them out to discover the other areas and see what resources those have. And if it's worth sending your warriors to fight the enemies, clear them out, and then send your scouts and to set up a new settlement there and to colonize it, as they call it, and then expand your territory. Um, but it's all done in real time. It's not turn-based. And you can set up a, a game against other people or against a computer and set their difficulty level, or you can go through their story mode, which is basically a story of these Vikings trying to settle um, in this new land. So I recommend it if you like uh, real-time strategy games, if you like even if you're not really a big fan of RTS games, if they stress you out, like sometimes they can stress me out. This one's not too in-depth and not too stressful. I think it's relatively easier. It's a little simpler, but it's a lot of fun. And it was, okay. I think it's like 17 bucks maybe for a really deep game that you can get put a lot of time into if you like real-time strategy games. Yeah, it looks familiar. I, I almost, I feel like this was definitely one of the ones that they showed at a, like a Nindy one of the Nindy presentations. They did at one point. Yeah, because okay. it was a PC game, but this honestly... It, it reminds me a lot of some of the games I really got hooked on in my PC gaming days. I don't usually play uh, RTS games unless I have a mouse, but this one works pretty well. Some of the hotkeys they use and the way that the hex or not really hex, the way the grid system works uh, on the maps works pretty well. So Is it like I do Age recommend of Empires, it. sort of a little bit. Yeah, it's got okay. some of that same simplicity to it. Yeah, okay. but it's not yeah. it, it's not the turn based version of Age of Empires that I played back on the DS days. It's not like that. But. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll mention real quick is, uh, I purchased cause it was super cheap at GameStop. I purchased Darksiders Genesis and I've only played two different, uh, sessions of it. And I really do want to play more. Um, I played one a little bit by myself and then a little bit with Derek, uh, playing that online. That Aww. game is super cool. The only thing I don't really love about it is how, like I was playing in portable mode on my switch and everything's very, very small cause it's pretty zoomed out. Hmm. Um, so I didn't love that part of it. But once you kind of adjust to not being able to see everything in super clean detail because it's kind of zoomed out, it ran really well. Um, once we got connected, I thought, you know, us playing together worked fine. I ended up joining Derek's game. And I'll tell you what, that guy skips every piece of dialogue and cutscene that possibly <laughs> shows up. Because um, whoever's game gets joined, they're the ones who kind of control the story and that kind well, of what missions. That's where you drop the ball, Tim. You drop the ball. I know, I know. Um, but it is very, very cool. There's not a ton to say about it outside of the fact that um, th it's just it's just really fun. There's really not a ton of character types to choose from. You've There's really two, right? There's one that's there a, little more, two. a little more ranged and a little more jump in and slash and jump out. And the other one's a much more of a heavy hitter and slam in the ground and that kind of stuff. But It plays a lot like Diablo games, but I actually, for some reason, I don't know if it's just I like the lore of Darksiders games more. I just like it way better than I like Diablo three. Yeah. I, I like the combo a uh, combat. I like the universe, the world that you're playing in. Yep. Um, well, the I, one I character, have a PC too. It's really original, pretty on PC. The original really Darksiders game was War, right? That's the guy. And he's a very serious dude with a gigantic sword and red cape. So he's one of the characters you can use. And then the other character is a character that's new to me, at least. And he reminds me a lot of the character of, uh, of Cade from Destiny 2. Okay. Kind of, I think he's the fourth horseman. Yeah. Yeah, I forget his name. He's got that kind of, he's a bit of a smart aleck and kind of just, he likes to make jokes and he shoots two guns. Like, oh, he's very much like Cade. Yeah, Definitely was, not the second one. And then he wasn't War, Death, Sires and Street. Fury, right? War, Death, yeah. and Fury so far? Yeah. Yeah, so he's the fourth horseman, I think. Yeah. I so that's pretty cool. Name. I do recommend it. I mean, it was only 16 bucks for the physical copy at, at GameStop. It was a really cool, good deal for what I know is a, a really well-liked game and one that, 
I can put a lot of time into. I just need to play it more. It's one of those ones that um, it's kind of. It was a ridiculously good deal. Like I paid eleven bucks for it, and this game just came out on console like maybe a month and a half ago. I, I think say. it was on some consoles in December, right? And then it then it branched well, out. Well, it came out on PC in December, okay. but at consoles, I think it launched like in March or something. That's still like a six month old game on any platform. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so it, it's good. Oh, it runs, I did, it runs well on Switch. I did before we, and I know that we have a lot of stuff to cover. I just want to say that I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey too. I actually finished the second chapter in the DLC. Uh, what is it? The first sword or whatever I forgot what it's called. The first assassins DLC that I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh, so I only have one more chapter in that. I don't know if I'm gonna do the Atlantis one, but I'm enjoying the DLC. Like normally with the DLC, and I think we've talked about this before. With most DLCs, you don't really get good stories or whatever. You usually get tacked on whole crap. I don't feel like this is tacked on. I feel yeah, this like feels this feels very is... Witcher three style DLC. Yeah, me. like it's really like, fully built out. I don't want to spoil it, but there is some stuff that happened to my character that I actually felt bad. I was like, oh man, this sucks. Like yeah. <laughs> they set you up for you to feel good for like ten minutes and then they destroy you. So, huh. um, but it's really it's really well done. Um, I think that's what I kind of want to, I want to focus on that coming up is I would like to finish that and maybe start playing Gears Tactics a little bit more and still try to play Final Fantasy 13 if I'm enjoying it. Oh, by the way, Picross S4 now out on Switch if you like puzzle games. I love me some Picross. Okay, uh, thank let's you so much. Yeah, <laughs> let's do ju- it's just a puzzle game. Shut Special up. Special edition. Right, so let's talk for about Derek. The Xbox 2020 presentation that aired this past Thursday. I'll be honest with you. I was excited about this all week. I was like, it's been a while since we've heard from any of the major companies. I'm looking forward to any style of announcement. So whether it was a Nintendo Direct or Sony State of Play or X, you know, inside Xbox, whatever they, whoever was going to talk, I wanted to listen because I was excited for any game reveals. I was just pumped. I was super amped. And I knew we were going to get our thought. We were going to get Assassin's Creed gameplay. I was going to see what it's actually like to, to fight and have the developers explain some stuff potentially. So I was super pumped. And then it starts up and we go from game to game to game. And I got to give them credit. They showed a pretty decent number of games that we hadn't heard about before and maybe gave us some closer looks at games we had heard about but weren't confirmed yet. I just overall, when it was over, I was left wanting. That's all. It's not that it was a bad presentation. There's some interesting stuff coming, and they made it very clear, hey, this is not our first-party studios. These are some of our partners. These are not console exclusives necessarily. They might be. There's, there's some news about that after the fact that some of these might be console exclusives, but they weren't touting that. They were just saying, we're going to show you some of, our, some of the first games you can look forward to on the Series X. So with all that context in mind, it was... Let me be very clear. It was not a bad video presentation. It wasn't bad. I just felt disappointed because I was hoping for that wow moment. And of course, the Valhalla quote unquote gameplay teaser did not deliver. But it wasn't just that. It was just in general, there wasn't a, a developer or a game title that got me super pumped. I think it, I think what it what it was is I can't speak obviously for everybody, but I think the general consensus is yes, the messaging really screwed up the reaction to a lot of this because they did say gameplay first. It's one thing if you say 
we're gonna show new trailers, we're gonna show this, and we're gonna show some gameplay. Like if you say something like that, then people are gonna go, they're still gonna read gameplay, they're still gonna insert it in their head, but at least when they go back to it, they're gonna be like, oh, well they said that third and they said some. This said clearly from Xbox's messaging, yeah. gameplay, trailer, blah, Series blah, blah. X in action, yeah. And then, and then they kept, that's just them saying it, but they also kept repeating it on Twitter and stuff. Gameplay, 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 first gameplay, first gameplay. And so when I started watching it, I was like bored to death because I'm like, this isn't gameplay. This is just more trailers. And here's the thing. If we were going from standard definition to high definition, we would all be able to see the difference and we would be blown away. Yep. But let's be real. As much as I love my graphics, and I love my graphics, I didn't talk about it tonight, but I'm best around with more ray tracing, and holy shit, I can see the difference. But, like, I love my graphics. But when I'm watching Dirt 5 and Madden 21 and, and uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla on these 1080p, maybe even 4K, but for me when I was watching it was definitely not 4K, it was 1080p, I can't tell the differences the only thing as a gamer that i can look at and be like okay this is cool is you can see like a lot of weather and a lot of things going on as as the the scene is playing out and you can go okay you can tell they have more technology and a big thing is for next gen yes they're upping the graphics they're upping ray tracing we're gonna we're gonna be I wouldn't say blown away, but we are going to be like, okay, this game is pretty, right? Mm -hmm. But the big thing is the 60 to 120 frames per second. That's what's going to, I think, for you guys, and I don't mean this in a, my little PC master race tone, but for you guys, that's going to be what blows you all away. They're not showing you on that. They and also you can't didn't show that, right? That's hard to demonstrate. You can't show it, and you also... They weren't going to spout out any stats and be like, this is an Assassin's Creed Valhalla running on Series X at 60 frames per second. They're not going to do that. So until you have the game in your hands and you can actually feel it, because mm -hmm. frames per second, yes, you can see it in motion. It does make a little bit of a difference. But really, it's also a feel. Like, you can feel the difference. Like, holy crap, the gun is moving faster back and forth. It's It's got a nice motion to it. So for me, that was the big issue, is you have this mixed messaging with the gameplay. Then you have where you're wanting to impress us with all these visuals, but honestly, they look good, but I can't really see. I can't see the ray tracing. I can't I'll, yeah, see I'll take the, it a step further and say, if they had said these are all coming to Xbox One and PS4, I would believe you. Like they, Nothing about what they showed tells me next gen. So visual, even, uh, visually, and I was watching on my 4K TV on YouTube through my Xbox or, uh, Xbox One X. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much as good of visuals as I could get in yeah. my house. And it looked good. Everything looked fine. But nothing was like, oh, there it is. There's, but it depends on the output, the right? Like it depends on like and and to crank it up to 4K, like you you would need a 4K TV. They need You're to be still to... going to lose some. So even if it says yeah. it's 4K on YouTube or whatever, you're still going to lose some. Right. But that's sure. not even the point. I agree with Tim that nothing that was shown is nothing different than what any of us would have accepted if they said 
if we didn't know a next gen was coming out, if they just said these games are coming out on Xbox One X and PS4 Pro, you would all say, every one of us would be like, yeah, that looks like that could play on those machines. Yep. Now, will they be downgraded a little bit? Yeah, but we're so used to just use Watch Dogs as an example. When they first showed Watch Dogs, they blew us away with the visuals. Why? Because they were showing us a high-end PC version of it and trying sure. to pretend like it was an Xbox One version. So we've. Lies. my point is, is we've <laughs> seen really, really pretty advertising. And that is why a lot of people were like, no, when you say gameplay, I want to see somebody holding a controller yeah. and them moving the, the character because that is – there's a huge difference between – in-game cutscenes, basically in-game trailer and gameplay. Right. Like, and because they have, they even have a dev explain it to us, right? To be like, hey, yeah. I, this is what you're going to face when you're in battle, and these are the kind of options. You, so, but they didn't have that. But they did have, and I'm just going to go through this games list real quick. Yeah. Some of the some of the games appeared to have. Here's what it's going to be like to play, and some of that could have been pre-rendered. So it's hard to really tell. I thought the first game was visually kind of cool looking and the, some of the gameplay assuming that was actual gameplay looked cool it's called bright memory infinite i think is the name of it yeah. it was a first first person game that you know you got this real shiny machine gun you're running through you're blasting enemies it was a very dark and kind of rainy night so, sort of setting and what looked like an outside village or something uh but then also there seemed to be some time manipulation and you, you could swing a sword and slice an enemy in half and that kind of thing so that looked kind of cool although can, i've can heard that was a game made that? in yeah go ahead so, like, you guys have watched the, uh, was it, Grandma's Boy, the movie? Grandma's Boy? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, if they made a movie, like, now that was like that, that's the game that they would have been like, this is the game we're making for that storyline. <laughs> like, it just, like, it, it. there was so many different themes and different things going on there. Like, it looked like the Back to the Future car was in there. Suddenly, they were fighting, like, these robot samurai-looking things. Like, what yep. was even going yep. on? I mean, it looked cool, but, like... It was made well, by I one dude. Yeah, I'll bum you out. There's only one episode that's already launched on PC. It is 45 minutes to an hour long. So you're showing this game. Of course, they're not giving you any context. The only thing they tell you is one guy created this game. Okay. So that makes it even more impressive when you're looking at it. Sure. But once I found out it was one episode and it's less than an hour long, I was like, this stupid oh you're man. saying the game is like one it's it's a like one episode it's not a, like a full okay they've only released one episode i have okay. no clue when episode two is coming out Ooh. and it's 45 minutes to an hour long sure and it's ten dollars on steam right now now when it's on sale will i buy it yes because i think it looks cool and all the reviews i watched on it is everybody says it's super fun to play story and characters kind of cheesy and dumb kind of expect that with one guy making a game but they, they said it was fun to play. It looks fun. But I'm not paying $10 for one hour. I'll pay $10 for five hours, but not one hour. And so that kind of bummed me out because to me, besides Assassin's Creed being an obvious favorite game of the show, just because it's going to be the game I actually buy day one, Bright Memory was the coolest looking game. Like I was like, this game looks it's like really a super cool this is super cool looking. Like, this is up my alley. And then when I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, I can play this now? Oh, it's 45 minutes? Okay, that's a bummer. Forget that this. Is, that is bummer. Yeah, I didn't know that. Hey, but what about instead of spending $10 for a one-hour game, how about spending 60 bucks for a racing game called Dirt 5? <laughs> huh? Anybody? Sure. 
It looked it looked nice, but like racing games kind of just nowadays just always look nice for the most. It's part. not gonna look good at. It's not gonna look better than anything Forza is gonna launch. Well, sure. On, on on release day, so sure. Dirt five dirt games are considered good. I'm not gonna praise them because I don't play them really. I played like them when the they dirt, were on like PS Plus. I think they were yeah. on PS Plus. Like that. I played That's them good. before. But they're nothing that it's not a franchise. Nothing Codemasters releases. None of their stuff I've ever been like. I gotta buy that day day one. So it looks good, but it's nothing that's gonna excite. Okay. Uh, next game they showed was Scorn, Scorn, which right away. So we we did a watch party with folks in our group for this, and right away people were saying, "Oh, this is an alien game," or or maybe it's right out of Prometheus or something like that. Nah. Uh, but no, it's an original IP that very liberally takes from the Alien and Prometheus style of kind of sci-fi horror storytelling. Um, but it was just a CG trailer, unless there was something I missed, right? It was just a CG trailer. Yeah, I think it was just that. That might have been in-game footage, though. So I, I've actually technically known about this game for, like, I, I'd say a couple of years at least. Um, okay. On the Easy Allies, the developer was um, one of their uh, Patre- uh, patrons. So okay. they actually would contribute, like, I think it was, like, one of the top-tier ones where they sort of a- do their kind of, like, advertisements in the middle of the episode. Got it. So Scorn would always come up. Um, so I've, I've known about the game and I remember they actually gave them like an exclusive like trailer and there was some gameplay in there. Okay. Um, so I, I think this is in game. I could be wrong, but no, this is, just, I'm watching it. It's just a trailer. Like none, none of this is, could be. I don't know. It, it, it could, what, what you're saying is it's probably like be captured in game, but it's not actually someone playing, but game. it's right, totally right, right. a trailer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it looks interesting. I'm not really, I've never been a huge horror game fan. You guys know that, but especially kind of that sci-fi horror. I'm like, eh. Mm, but I hate sci-fi horror. I could, I could be convinced. We'll see. Um, but I, that didn't really. I think really it give looks visually clue. very interesting. I think there's a lot of interesting imagery in there for sure. There is. Uh, if not stolen, it's still cool. Um, <laughs> hey, this one I thought looked pretty cool though. It's a space flying combat game, or at least it looks that way. It's called Chorus. Looks like a real fast-paced arcade-style space shooter. Um, but the the it was very stylish looking. And so I think we did see little glimpses of what it's going to look like to play throughout yeah. that trailer, but it was mostly just kind of a little, some weird story trailer, but um, I think that lo- looks pretty fun. Again, it doesn't look, it doesn't strike me as Ooh, next gen, but whatever the game looks fun. It so had far, a, you know. a very control like aesthetic sort of vibes to it. Yeah. It's like the, to the story part of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, little Star Fox and Starlink style uh, actual gameplay. Yeah. But then the story looked a lot deeper and weirder. Um, then they had a whole thing with Patrick Mahomes uh, about Madden 21, where they went back and showed you, I liked, I did like seeing the flashback to old Madden games, um, but they didn't really show us. Here's what new Madden's going to look like. I mean, maybe yeah, we saw, that was really stupid. Maybe we saw a glimpse of it, but it didn't look any different. So, uh, but Madden 21, hooray, is coming to new consoles. <laughs> Uh, this excited. next one I guessed wrong. I, I thought this was gonna be a sequel to that series. Remember uh, Into Darkness, that game that yeah. was uh, on the on GameCube. No, that's no, that was uh, Eternal Darkness. So Eternal this was Darkness, yes. Into Darkness was kind of a it was a first person horror game where you got all these kind of demons, shadow oh, powers, okay. or whatever you're talking about. So I thought that's what this was, but no, uh, they showed a trailer for Vampire Masquerade: Bloodlines Two. Super disturbing trailer. Uh, and it, it all was centered around this one song where everyone's kind of snapping their fingers and dancing to this beat while horribly torturing and mutilating people and their bodies and stuff. And so looks pretty awful and and those in that way. But but 
it does look intriguing, especially if you really like a dark vampire storyline. Uh, it looks really, really uh, creepy. I actually thought the faces. So at that moment, I don't know if you guys watched the trailer or not, but the moment when the guy turns around and shows his face, I honestly thought that looked Bioshock. real bad. Uh, I thought, it, yeah, yeah. I thought it looked like last gen character model. Are you talking about Jesse Eisenhower? I'm not sure. Well, he guy with long hair who's dancing around as he's had people hang out. Like, I thought it was going to be like he was playing. Uh, who's the who's the villain for Superman? Lex Luthor. Lex I Luthor. thought it was Lex yeah. Luthor. <laughs> you thought okay, yeah, it was. It looked I, like Jesse Eisenhower. A little bit Eisenberg. Yeah, no, I just Eisenberg. didn't think Eisenberg. I didn't think that the character model looked very next gen or even current gen. To be honest with you, I thought it looked kind of bad but whatever go watch it and you know make your own call but i didn't i well, wasn't that I, think, I think the vampire masquerade or whatever aren't they like a, i think they're they've been around studio. for a while yeah they've been around, but studio, i think it's smaller but still when they talk about we're excited about our partners who kicking things off on xbox series x that was in my opinion not incredibly impressive visual uh show show piece um no. they had a game called call of the sea which that you didn't see much of it looks like an exploration game um, at one point, it looks like you've got webbed hands as you're swimming. So I'm not sure. It looks like a very story-based exploration game. Um, but we'll see what, what that one's all about. There was one that I'm blanking out on the title of it, and I forgot to write it down. But it kind of had a sci-fi Diablo look to it, where you could play multiplayer. It's kind of isometric action, I'm assuming, oh, okay. some RPG elements. Yeah. Um, uh, the Ascent? The Ascent, thank you. Um, that one looks pretty fun. Um so if you like, we just we were playing Darksiders Genesis. It looks very much in that same vein, where there's multiplayer and tons of enemies to fight. So that one looks fun. Uh, the medium was probably the one that jumped out at me the most as yeah. something unique and new. Uh, this horror game, and they did did a deep dive into this one, kind of after all the trailers were over. And it does look super creepy and somewhat next gen and new to me. This was the, one of the closer ones to looking next gen outside of Assassin's Creed to me, but. Um, the medium looks pretty cool. Uh, this next one is the one that outside of AC, though, I am actually personally most excited about. And that was called Scarlet Nexus. It's kind of this anime action game from Bandai Namco. Yep. Um, they did show what I can only assume was gameplay um, yeah. as you're fighting big bosses and stuff like that. Do you guys think that one looked interesting to you? I thought it looked cool. Yeah, that's kind of honestly what I wanted Covey to be. I mean, I I know that's like saying, you know, Tim hates when you someone says a game should be like another game, but <laughs> No, but I, I actually agree with you there. Code Vein was a little bit sluggish and I wanted it to be a little faster and this looks really fast. Well, well that's the thing. Like for me personally with anime, super into the character moments and super into the moments where the animation is amazing and the fight scenes are awesome. So, that's what this looks like. It looks like literally an anime fight scene. Um, and that's yeah, that's what I'm all about. Very so. creepy and creative art style. You know, creepy monsters are coming at you. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Um, second extinction, which for a second I thought was some kind of return of Turok, because uh, it shows these people landing. It's a kind of futuristic. You land on this planet and then you're fighting dinos, all kinds of crazy dinos. You're not just fighting them; you're like blowing them to bloody bits with your giant machine guns. Sweet. Um, so there are these big raptors coming at you and your machine guns are literally ripping them to shreds. It looks really violent and really over the top. And basically, if you want to go fight a bunch of uh, bloodthirsty dinosaurs, Second Extinction is probably the first person shooter for you. Where's our new That's dino actually the one of them I thought looked cool. It did look pretty cool. Yeah. Where's our new very, dino very, crisis? Dino and I like that it's, it's co-op too. I like yeah. that. Yeah. 
So Second Extinction was was an interesting one. And then they showed a trailer for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Looked like mostly a story trailer. Um, actually did look pretty charming and interesting and the new character they've got. you know, Yakuza yeah. just has a very unique style to it. That whole series does. Very unique look, feel, style to it. And this certainly maintains that. Uh, a lot of people are already aware of this Like a Dragon game, but this is, I think, more of a look uh, at it than we've gotten before. It's also um, a huge departure from the other ones because the combat's completely different. It's correct. um, it's an RPG now as yep. opposed to like a beat 'em up. Yeah, it looks a little more up my alley than what I've played. Now I haven't played much of the Yakuza series. I've just dabbled very, very lightly, and I did play a couple hours of Judgment from last year um, and yeah. liked it, but didn't love it. But anyway, Yakuza like a dragon, and then of course we already talked about our thoughts with the Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay, uh, which clearly was not mm-hmm. gameplay. And I, I did see on Twitter that the the creator and I'm forgetting his name. He's really, really good at what he does. He's a creative director. I think he basically tried to correct even the night. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, But even the night before he tried to say, just to be clear, this is a in-game teaser that he was trying to make that clear, but that word did not get out widely. No, uh, that ship had sailed. So, Um, but he is saying that they've got a very in-depth and long marketing plan for this game between now and when it releases. And there will be so much, for them to show and walk us through and gameplay. So, and I believe him, of course, they're going to show a ton of this of game in action, you know, all yeah. that stuff. It's just, this was an unfortunate way that kind of let, left a sour taste, I think in people's mouths, but overall, not a bad presentation. They did promise that July is the month for us to really tune in for all their first party studio stuff. So they're really hyping up July. This was from the Xbox uh, marketing team. They're saying July, 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 July. That's the they month said, that you're, they said you're July, not June. It's July. July's okay. Xbox 2020 is when you're going to want to tune in. That's the. There's two things I want to hit on with with this show, being that I'm the Xbox guy, and that this is my major problem with Xbox. One thing is, like I, I focused on the gameplay and all that stuff because that was what the internet was talking about. I think the other reason a lot of people were disappointed was this was the, and Tim even said it once or right before we started talking about it, he said, I was really excited for the show. Well, why was he really excited for the show? Because in his head, or at least I'm imagining this is what was going through his head, this was going to be his first view of games for next gen. I think he wanted to be blown away visually. I think he wanted to be blown away by new titles and like just wanted to see something new that he hasn't already played before. So that is my issue with the show. I think overall, as I went through all these trailers and all stuff, get set aside gameplay and all that stuff. Forget that. Just look at it. It's just announcement of new games. I think overall they're pretty cool. There's at least three or four games on that list are on that, on that show that I'm going to buy day one. Like unless they've reviewed, God awfully terrible, I'm going to buy them day one. So I think there's good games and I think it's overall a good show. My issue is this was your first show. This is all this hype. This is your first show to show off what the Series X can do. Even if you're not going to show gameplay, so again, you don't advertise it as gameplay, I still think you should have come out with your July show now. I think you should have shown Halo Infinite. I think you should have shown Fable 4. I think you should have done something to excite people. Mm-hmm. Again, I know you can say, well, it's coming later, Derek. They've already advertised it. I understand that. 
I'm talking about this is your first show. You either don't do the show at all, or if you're going to do it, you have to have Halo, Fable, or something that rocks people. That are like, holy crap, I have to have an Xbox Series X. Yep. So now you've kind of like, you've kind of destroyed the hype, I think, a little bit. At least I honestly think this is a misstep business-wise. I think this opens... I think it is because I think they had an opportunity, a golden opportunity to increase what I think is a really strong hype train for the Series X right now. That Sony is choosing to stay quiet. Nintendo's been very quiet. We don't really know a ton of what's coming for those two platforms between now and the holiday. We know some, right? There's some major Sony first party games that come in the summer. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome. But after that, it's kind of like, then what? What, what's yeah, we don't know anything about PS5, honestly, Correct. And so I think the, now's your opportunity. Controller. If I'm Microsoft, it's like, hey, I am going to take this opportunity to get out ahead. And they just, I don't think they did it with this particular show. That's what Gamers it was. Gamers are hungry. They really are. Even in our small group, which is just a small number of people, there are people posting like, hey, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait. I'm excited for next gen. And I've seen it in Unlocked and in bigger groups where we want to see stuff. And I really think this was a misstep. The a second point I wanted to make that I have an issue with Microsoft that's bigger than just this one show. But this one show is another example of what they've done consistently for years. And I'm now worried going into next gen because I'm not going to be a blind little fanboy. My issue is also these guys hype things up. I understand that's your job. But you have to live in the realm of reality. There is this thing where you can hype things up, but you still have to live in the realm of reality. And Microsoft, their messaging and Xbox's branding and messaging for the longest time, probably for 10 years, they have always overhyped things. They've always exaggerated what they're going to show you. They've always done this. And the thing is, is you could get away with that 10 years ago. Gamers are smart, smarter, plus they have access to more things to call you out. And that is what I've seen for the last probably seven years. Microsoft screw up with their messaging, with what they're hyping, all this stuff, and then fans and haters jumping on them and then every single time having to go, yeah, we could have done that better. We're going to learn from this. No, just do it better right away. So here's why I'm bringing this up. Because in my head, and I'm telling you guys right now, I already have Fable 4 locked in. I have all these new IPs locked in. Do you want to know why I have them locked in? It's not just my imagination. Like, I didn't just dream it up. Because I've heard them subtly say, we have 15 first-party studios working for new IPs for Xbox Series X. What does that do for my head? That immediately goes... They're finally getting to Sony's level, the PlayStation level, as far as they're going to start. I know what they're doing. They're going to start throwing out all these amazing first-party games. They finally figured it out. This is why PlayStation's passing them up. They just need to do this. They need to do this. They need to do this. And what's going to happen is I'm now hyping this in my head. That's my fault. But I'm also listening to what they're saying. And then we're going to get to the launch, and they're going to be like, Halo Infinite. Okay, yeah, but is there anything else? Yeah, there's no Forza. <laughs> no, I know, I understand that. But is there something else? You got anything that's like a, a single-player, story-driven, open-world, like RPG? You got anything like that? It's exclusive? No. We ain't got no yeah, we're, like that, bro. we're still waiting. What is your Horizon Zero Dawn? What is your God yes. of War? What is your... So do you get, get the point is that this is what Microsoft does. This is what Xbox does. They hype everything up. They tell you, this is what we're working on. This is what we're doing. This is even under Phil Spencer. So I'm being 
critical of Phil Spencer too. They do this and then they never deliver. Not for me. And, and they deliver for people in Unlocked and they don't, they'll never deliver for haters. They'll never deliver for them. But they, for somebody who's not a hater, but who will also not just sit there and go, oh, I love Xbox. Let me make an excuse for them. They're not, they're not consistently delivering. And so this first showing, I understand it's just one show, so I will wait it out. I'm patient. This first showing has now just set my expectations way lower because I'm like, you know what? This is what they do. I think they're going to lie to us. I think, I think in July we're going to see Halo Infinite. I think we're going to see Forza 8 Motorsport. Mm-hmm. And I think we might, we might get Fable 4. And we'll get a bunch of indie BS that I don't care about. I want I want to see them going in the direction of PlayStation. I'm not talking about mimicking them like, hey, we got to create another, you know, Days Gone type game. No, I'm talking about just focus on what gamers want. What are the biggest, biggest uh, selling games outside of multiplayer? We understand that, and Microsoft already does that. What are the biggest selling ones? They're single-player, story-driven, open-world, RPG-style games, and tell me how many uh, Xbox exclusives they have that fit that mold. Zero. When did they, they don't um, have anything. When did they, uh, Phil, come out and be like, we bought all of these developers, or not bought, but, you know, like, we have all of these developers on our team now. Like, when was that? Was yeah. that last year? It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely oh. last year because they announced it about Obsidian yeah. and all that stuff so, right I mean, before uh, What's-His-Face came well, out. Well, and even at the start of, of this week's show, the guy said, I know you're all wondering about what our 15 new partners, yeah. like he, yeah. he hyped it up for us. Everything Derek just said is exactly what that marketing guy said. Yeah. And he's like, we're yeah. so excited to pull back the curtain and show you what our team's been working on. And so tune in in July. And I was like, <laughs> you can't I, even... Like, is there truly not even a teaser you could show? Uh, is there That's what I'm saying. Why can't you show one or two games? I think from they're one just not. Studios? They're not there yet. They're not on Nintendo. Nintendo's been doing this stuff for years now. They said they we're have. not going to the stage. We're just gonna do these super like focused videos. And whether you like the games or not, like they're pretty excellent at doing these videos now. Microsoft yeah. and Sony have to do us right now because of what's going on in the world. They literally have to. But it's not, it's not the yeah. video. If if you heard what I'm saying, all I'm really talking about is their messaging. But I'm saying they don't have the messaging to give you. They don't have yeah. that yet. Because it's depending oh, they on what the developers have. Their, their strategy is off. Well, their sure. strategy Perhaps. is off. Perhaps. Again, going back to what I said, this is your first showing. I understand they didn't screw up the messaging as far as what they were going to show as far as games. Yeah. In fact... It was kind of funny, and Jesse White posted in our group, hey, I'm a little confused. I'm hearing that these games are actually, uh, some of them, not all of them, some of them are exclusive to the Xbox Series X or Xbox in general. So it will be on PC and Xbox, but they won't be coming to PS4 or PS5. And it's been confirmed after the show, there's several games that are not coming to PS4 or PS5 or Nintendo Switch as far as we know. They're only going to be on Xbox and PC. Nobody even said it. Nobody even said it. They never said world premiere Xbox console exclusive. Didn't even say it. Why the hell would you not say that? That actually adds to the hype for the show. Even though you're already destroying the fact that you're not showing that much game. And I still think 
that they would have absolutely been considered, this would have been considered a home run if they would have closed out with, you know what? We told you to wait till July, but we're going to close out real quick. We want to show you one thing that we're working on. We just couldn't wait till July to show you. And then, boom, give us that little 30-second teaser. Maybe it's another little glimpse at Halo Infinite. But, you know, that's been done. So maybe it's here's a little teaser of something that this studio, fill in the blank, is, has been working yeah. on. And we'll show but you more in July or something. I, like I'm sure they did want to do that, but they clearly – I mean, why wouldn't they just do that if they had that – that video or whatever that's what i'm saying it it makes me start to wonder are any of those games anywhere close to being ready if you can't even put together a little marketing teaser i don't agree with daniel on this i don't think it's because they're like no we just we're not ready no i think it's they they have this stuff exactly i think this stuff is set in stone years ahead this is the strategy that they've written out just like everything that happened with the xbox one launch their launch that was all strategy it was not like they didn't go up there and go, well, what do we say? Like they, they went out there with their strategy, their game plan. They said everything. They and hired Sony, Don Matrick on purpose, believe it or not. Yeah, that, was, that was his job to do that. And then that PlayStation, so then PlayStation listens to everything they say. And they're like, they, of course, PlayStation has their own strategy. But they're like, oh, my gosh, these guys, <laughs> they just gave us a softball down the middle. And they adjusted their strategy, they, just a little bit, nothing major. They just added things in to knock a home run out of the park. Well, and that's my mock them, and that's what worked so yeah. well was they joined <laughs> in with the rest of the internet in mocking how dumb. Oh yeah. So getting back to my point, this is all pre-planned, okay? And I don't think Microsoft is in touch with gamers as well as we'd like to think they are. Hmm. And, and and PlayStation gets mocked a lot, like, hey, they're arrogant, they're not in touch. But they're actually, they're in touch when it comes to video games and what we want to see. They've had a what lot of is- better presentation, a lot of, they've had a lot of better, really great presentations than bad presentations. Yeah. That, they also, they also have the games. They've already yeah. set exactly. up the strategy has always been this is going back a decade so i'm not talking about just ps4 era they've always had a strategy if we're going to be able to sell this console we have to give tim and daniel freitas a reason to buy a playstation console how do you do it yes services and all that that's great for now but back then it was we gotta create games and ips that nobody else has and microsoft understands that they're not dumb they try to do it too gears is a great franchise halo is a great franchise forza is a phenomenal franchise i absolutely love it and i love that they split off and did a couple different things with it and i think they'll probably even deviate even more with it um those are great solid franchises but now the thing that they've screwed up on is they've relied on three or four franchises for the last decade. And gamers are like, yeah, we're still going to buy those. But you're giving me no reason outside of those three or four franchises to really invest in your what Colin likes to say, ecosystem. <laughs> like you're not giving me a reason. And that's the part I'm talking about right now. As a fan of Xbox, not just for the show. I've always been a fan of Xbox. As a fan of Xbox, I've always inside said, oh, I know they're building. I know they're building. I know they see what I see. And I'm not, I know that's going to come across as arrogant. And I don't mean it that way. But I'm not an idiot. I can see what PlayStation's doing 
Microsoft must be seeing it too. So they should be mimicking that to a certain extent. 10 years later, still not doing it. But they don't want Actually, to because Nintendo doesn't. Nintendo doesn't want to mimic any of them and look how well they do, generally. Yeah, but Nintendo does something that the other two don't do and that's they really innovate every single right. time they right. come out. Yeah. Like if, if Xbox didn't look like Xbox every single time it came out, then yeah, we wouldn't probably be focusing on just IPs. But PlayStation and Xbox have the same, like, yeah, they have yeah. the same formula. And that's, hey, we're going to make every console more powerful. We're going to add more features. We're, we're going to innovate a little bit. But for the most part, let's keep it clean. We're not going to go crazy like PC. Let's just make this a very comfortable PC. Let's yeah, just make a, it. That's actually punctuated by the fact that when Sony released an image of the new controller the dual sense yeah. controller that was one of the biggest changes they've made yeah to the form factor of anything involving their hardware in a long time i think and i liked it like yeah, you said it was so a little jarring at first but i was like you know what? i like it but no you're it's right a there's a direction. certain safety and a certain comfort in the way xbox and and playstation tend to develop their hardware and the way the controllers look and feel the way the consoles look and feel cool. and i think i think what we'll discover over the next several months as we start to see the marketing campaigns for the PS5 and, and Xbox Series X kickoff, I think we'll start to discover which one of them are relying on the same old franchises and which one is ready and willing to innovate, which one is has truly put their money where their mouth is about new IP. Like We'll start to discover this stuff. I was just hoping because I know that if nothing else changes, Sony's going to wipe the floor with Microsoft yet again in this next yeah. generation. That doesn't mean Microsoft isn't successful. Everyone gets all the oh, yeah, about successful. that. They get really defensive. Like, oh, so just because Sony outsold them, Microsoft <laughs> was not successful? No, I didn't say that. But right. I do know that they're a business and their competition is Sony and they're tired of losing by a two-to-one ratio at least. Yeah, uh, yeah. Their, their goal, while they might not, I will say this to defend uh, Xbox. I really don't think they invest as much into this, the console numbers as we as gamers do because of the PC aspect of it. I think if they were all about just wanting to sell consoles, I don't think they release as many games as they do on PC because that does eat into their sales. I'm not saying it eats in millions and millions, but there are a lot of PC gamers that are like, why would I buy an Xbox? I got a better version of it already and I can get all access to all their games. Um, you're right and it's not all about console sales you're absolutely right no i don't think it is but on the other hand it starts to make you wonder then why bother making a console if you don't care that much about console sales well i i think i think it's the answers in between i think it's i don't think they want to lose two to one i agree with you there i don't think they want to lose at all but i don't think they invest in it as much as far as that goes because they there is a need for a console and I can already tell you why. There's two people I'm talking to right now who are not investing in the PC gaming like I am. So there is your reason why an Xbox needs to exist. What I'm saying is, and, and Sony is teetering on this. I mean, I am so, I'm hyped for Horizon Zero Dawn on PC like it's a new Horizon Zero Dawn. I cannot wait to see that game. And I'm really hoping it has ray tracing, all that stuff at the highest level because i booted it up on my monitor on my ps4 pro and it still looks amazing. still looks yeah absolutely fantastic three, three years later still beautiful yep 
Yep. Yeah. So I, I just all I was saying is, and to stay on on point because we're running really long on the show is, Xbox did okay with what they showed us. They just again they screwed up on the one area they cannot screw up on at all going into this next generation, and that is messaging. And part of messaging is your pre-planning. A big part of your messaging is your pre-planning, and it clearly shows that they're a little out of touch. And when it comes to their Aaron Greenbergs and and now I'm forgetting his damn name, the head dude, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. They're still a little out of touch on what us gamers and the media wants. It's not just a PlayStation bias. Do I think there is a PlayStation bias? 100% do believe there is a PlayStation bias in the games media. Do you want to know why that bias exists? Because they want us over. That's why it exists. They didn't, people didn't just wake up and go, you know what? I like, uh, I like uh, foreign companies more than American companies. Or, or blue so. is better than green. <laughs> yeah, nobody did that. They, they became is, attached <laughs> to the PlayStation brand, just like, and I've said this before, PlayStation replaced Nintendo. When I was younger, yeah. no, no mother ever said, hey, uh, stop playing your PlayStation. They said, stop playing your Nintendo while I'm no playing my PlayStation. No matter what the system was, right? Yeah, it, exactly. was, it, was, their, it was their Coke like for all so Every, exactly. Everything Derek, what does my mom Nintendo. sound like? <laughs> so PlayStation has replaced it because they have won us over as a whole. Yeah. There's Even if you prefer Xbox, if you can get over your bias, you would see that PlayStation is better than Xbox when it comes to releasing better games the only thing xbox has going for them right now is the the thing that two things that they're really focusing on going in next gen and that is they have a more powerful console on paper so we'll have to see how it operates and and, and by the way i don't buy into all the bs that they're hyping in with their playstation 5 ssd get the freak out of there with that bull crap and then also right so I want to say it's their services. So they're being really smart with their Correct. services. But at the end of the day, if you want to compete with PlayStation, I'm not talking about beating them. Um, if you want to compete with them at a higher level, you got to have better IPs to give all of us a reason to go, you know what? Even though I'm attached to PlayStation or I love PlayStation, I've got to play those five games. I've noticed with gamers, they'll avoid buying an Xbox if it's just one or two franchises that they say. And I, I pay attention to them. They'll say, oh, I've always been interested in that, but I don't have an Xbox. That's I guarantee you, <laughs> yes, I guarantee you if they got five to ten franchises that were attached to Xbox and PC only, no chance of it ever going to PlayStation or Nintendo, mm-hmm. I guarantee you they would sway those people to go, you know what, maybe they don't buy them day one. Hey, the Xbox Series X, it came out at 600 It's now 300 And they've got 10 video games or 10 franchises that I really want to play. Yeah. I think it's worth it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think uh, the advantage that Microsoft has currently and needs to double down on is the accessibility and the customer service. Their services that they offer, like you mentioned, 100%. And the, the idea of being able to easily and quickly share games and the smart delivery where if you buy it on one console, it'll be on the other one. All this stuff yeah. is all this stuff is great and, and commendable. Um, but so far, people like Sony and Nintendo, companies like Sony and Nintendo, their people are so loyal to their franchises and their many IPs and the way that they continue to innovate. 
that Microsoft, I was hoping, and maybe they still will, I was hoping this would be the beginning of, oh, here comes a new Microsoft. Do you guys remember when Nintendo flipped the script after the failure of the Wii U and we were like, what's next for Nintendo? Because the Wii was such Mm -hmm. a smash hit. And yeah, that was kind of a flash in the pan because it was a unique cultural moment they happened to capture right there. And then the Wii U was such a colossal failure. It was, now what do they do? Because they were a little, not a little, they were very arrogant and I don't think they really truly understood what made the Wii so successful. At least not everyone from Nintendo did. And then the Switch I thought was a fantastic move. They shifted right into here's what here's what makes the parts of the Wii U good. And we're actually going to make it even more user friendly. We're going to make it really understandable. We're going to make it accessible. We're not worried about being the highest powered because we're all about accessibility and convenience. And they doubled down on that and they've been killing it since then. I think their Nintendo Directs have been very user friendly. Uh, I agree with you. And Microsoft needs to take a similar approach. It doesn't mean they need to step out of competing with Sony, but they need to figure out here's our strengths and we're going to double down on those. Well, what I was going to say is I agree with you on like the Switch capitalizing off of the the failure of the Wii U as far as design and tech and all that. But let's be also honest. The major reason why the Switch was a success compared to the Wii U, or just a success in general, is games. What did they launch with? Zelda. Not just a new Zelda. A Zelda that's not like a Zelda we played before. So now you've piqued the interest of people that are even like, well, I've never really been into Zelda games, but this is an open world on the go? Wow. So that's my point. And then you had Mario Odyssey. You had Xenoblade. You had all these games come out like right away. But again, they Um, knew their audience. They know their audience is not a bunch of techies who are also building their own PCs. And they could make a Switch that was so super powered that you could run 4K games on the go. So this is going to be a $600 console. No, they made something that was accessible. Because that's what it's all about. It's about families and all ages can play. So we got to make sure this is something that parents could pick up one, maybe even two of these consoles for their kids. So they knew their strength, and it's an accessibility, and it's in allowing all people to play everywhere they Hell, go. I own three of them. Yeah, I own three switches. Yeah, same. And a major point of part of that is because of my kids and price point. Exactly, it's a combo of both. Exactly. But I think with Xbox, because you're competing with PlayStation, not really Nintendo. Uh, yes, you price point matters, but honestly, it's messaging and games. Like this was your first, this was your first message. You kind of failed. Does that mean it's the end of the world? No, I'm not being dramatic like that. I'm just saying (laughs) this was the first one. This just sets a standard of like, Hey, this falls in line with what you guys have done in the past. So now I've got to set my expectations low again. And I now have to hope that July will be more than just Halo and Forza. But that's Microsoft's fault. And that's my point is when you understand what your strength is, you communicate that you even you make that even stronger and you double down on that thing. And I think Microsoft's strength right now with Game Pass and the ability to really easily and quickly share games with people and some of the stuff they're doing with their services is awesome. But they're still doubling down as if they're creating the same number and quality of IPs as Sony and they're not. But they talk like no. they are. And so that's the problem is they're talking about their games and their IP as if they're on par with the competition. And in my opinion, they're not even close. Yeah. And you talked about doubling down. They did. They doubled down on... They constantly say, we've got 15 studios. Blah, blah. Why are talk. they saying That's that? Nothing. That's nothing. Though. Exactly. That's my point. Is This is going back to the messaging. They're talking about it because they realize that's a weakness that they need to get out there, get out in front and say, we're doing this, we're doing this, guys. We've, we've heard you. 
but they're not showing they've been talking it. And about that's for like my three issue. years. They've been that's talking, my point. They've been talking about this <laughs> for so long. And then still, all we've gotten since then was the Ori sequel, which I really like. And then essentially Crackdown 3. Like, what, what else have we gotten from them? Which was a huge letdown. Hellblade I'm not 2. saying it's a bad game, but come on. You could have released that game 10 years ago. So I'll go back to what I said before we wrap up here. I do think Microsoft talked another big game, and this was their chance to show we actually have turned the page, and here we go. And that they'll have more chance to do this, but I think this was a pretty big miss because I think by the time July rolls around, Sony's going to be owning the hype train. Like right now, Microsoft is driving it. I think by the time July hits, Sony and maybe even Nintendo, depending on what they decide to reveal right. in June, I think the hype train is, is going to have already passed Microsoft by, and I think it's going to be a little too little, too late, in my opinion. It all will come down to what PlayStation shows as far as what's releasing day one on PS5. I think I mean, in June, if, they're going to reveal this console and they're going to show some new IP. I think we're going to get a new Resistance game. Oh, I geez. think we're going to... I do. I think we're going to get a new Resistance game. I think they're going to pull some tricks out of their out of their pockets. We might even get a new Twisted Metal or something like that. I think they're going to throw something at us that we have wanted but not seen in a long time. Hmm plus new ips like not a lot i think there's gonna be one or two new ips like you know your knacks but launch window games or something like that yeah Yeah. all right we have gone way over and i know that uh i think derek he needed to get a lot of that off his chest i think so that's good that's (laughs) thank you this is my therapy session so i don't have to go to therapy. each of us need this right so when sony starts finally talking more we're gonna need to let derek uh dan really vent you know, yeah, that's it, what's going to happen? Everything you guys just said is super nice. What's going to happen is nothing's going to get said, and then November is going to come. They'll be like, here's a PlayStation 5, guys. And it'll be like, wait, what? when did you? How much is it? Does it come what? with guidance? We would still buy it, though. That's the thing. $800, <laughs> please. I will. I'll buy it. You know I'll buy it. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for taking time to chat this week. I really enjoyed the conversation. So even though it wasn't like, here's the five topics we're covering, I just kind of like sometimes when we go with the flow so i appreciate it it was uh it's a good convo and we will touch base with you guys next week who knows what we'll be talking about i don't know what the news cycle is gonna look like probably dragon age inquisition no oh my gosh no but (laughs) i do think things are starting to get back into a normal swing i think may is the month of transition back into some things starting to pick up steam again so who knows what we'll be talking about next week but until then thank you for listening talk to you later final fantasy 13 sucks Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! (laughs) Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight.